We're so glad that you are checking out this sermon from New Beginnings. Our vision as a church is to become an authentic biblical community that transforms our city and impacts the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do this through gathering in worship, growing through community, giving to the kingdom, and going on mission. We know that one of the greatest blessings of the church is getting to pursue this vision that God has given us together. My hope is that we would get the opportunity to connect with you in person and get you plugged into the life of our church. Also, if you have been blessed by the ministries of New Beginnings, we ask that you would consider supporting us financially. You can do so by clicking on the giving tab of our website, nvbctx.org. I pray that you are both encouraged and challenged by the scripture today. Hey, listen, today is a special day. If you're a guest with us, thank you for being here. My name is Todd Connitz. I serve as lead pastor. And on behalf of our church family, thank you for being our guest. If you didn't make it by one of our guest areas on your way in, um, uh, the seat back in front of you has a little card. If you will take that, fill it out. And you can drop that in the offering basket at the end of the service, or you can take it out to Guest Central or one of our guest areas uh, on your way out. And uh, we have a gift for you. We'd love to be able to give that to you to say thank you for being uh, here and with us today. Um, but today is, is kind of a special day for us. Once a year, uh, we take a morning and we just celebrate the great things that God has done uh, through the year, just kind of giving you some highlights, sharing with you some stories so that we can just celebrate um, together the things that God uh, has done and is doing. And so uh, here's the thing. Here's what the psalm writer says about uh, celebrating and praising God for the things that he's done. Psalm, one, uh, psalm 9, uh, verse 1 and 2 says this, I will praise you, Lord, with all of my heart. How much of our heart? All of our heart. I will tell all the marvelous things you have done. So we're instructed. We should, we should tell of the marvelous things that he has done. He says this, I will be filled with joy because of you, and I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. And then the psalmist writes in Psalm 66, 1 through 3, says this, Shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. Now, how much of the earth should do that? So that would include who? You, Right? All right, so we should shout joyfully unto the Lord, and that includes all of us. And then it goes on to say this. It says, sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. And I love this last part. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. So we are instructed to celebrate, to talk about the deeds of God, to declare that he is good, not just because of who he is, but what he's doing in our lives. And so this morning, as we kind of celebrate some, some statistics with you, some things that we've seen God do, share stories with you, here's what my prayer is. I'm, pray, I'm praying that we will shout joyfully unto the Lord to an extent of which the enemy will cringe before him. Amen. So let's just kind of practice that just for a second so we can kind of get one. And I know you know how to celebrate because I've watched some of you watch football games, all right? And if you can get as excited as you do on Saturday and Sunday to watch average teams play, um, and I'm talking about the Cowboys, you know, and um, then, then we can celebrate the good things that God has done, right? So I just want to just, in, in the count of three, if you are grateful for who Jesus is and what he has done, I'm going to get you, uh, when I count to three, to put your hands together. Let me hear you just celebrate the goodness of God. One, two, three. And that, that celebration. All right. 
Well, listen, I'm so excited that you're so excited, and I want to see that all morning long, all right? Listen, I'm, I'm going to celebrate a couple of categories, gathering and worship. We have four core values here. Our, our vision statement is very clear at New Beginnings. We want to become an authentic biblical community that transforms our city and impacts the the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love the fact that you know the vision of our church. And we have four core values. It's gather and worship, uh, grow through community, uh, give to the kingdom, and then go on mission. And we're going to celebrate what God is doing in various areas of our church and sharing some stories with you this morning. So gathering and worship, let me just celebrate this. Our church is a growing church. Uh, we, we've been able to see God grow for the last nine or ten years in ways that we just kind of never anticipated it. But last year was another great year of growth. We grew 5.5% uh, in our gathering and worship last year. We had an average attendance, including our, our summertime, of 2,008 people last year gathering in worship uh, with us, which means there are 100 new people gathering to worship Jesus every single week here at New Beginnings. And that's a reason to celebrate this morning. Last year, we set kind of goals as a staff. We pray toward these things because we know that salvation and, and seeing life change is something that only God can do, but he's called us to join the effort, that, that we want to go and share and be faithful with telling people and, 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 and able to, to mobilize our people onto the mission field and, and see people come to faith in Christ. But we, we, we also realize that this is only a work that God can do. We go and share, and he does the saving, right? Right. Well, last year, we were praying that God would allow us to see more than 200 people uh, saved and baptized through our ministries here at our church. And I want to celebrate with you that last year, we were able to see 228 people <laughs> declare Jesus through baptism, that they've moved from death to life. Now, I want you to see this here because those numbers there, if you'll kind of read closely, it's the names of every single person. Uh, that is represented in the 228 because we don't just celebrate numbers. Here's what we know, that every number has a name and every name has a story and every story matters, amen? amen. And so when you see the 228, these are people's lives who will forever be changed because of the gospel of Jesus. And because of the ministry that God has allowed us to be a part of, God is using us to shape eternity for people. And this, this fires me up. I just wanna remind you of a couple of stories um, that we've heard this year. I'm going to tell you about what happened in Tyson's life. Tyson has been a part of our church for a couple of years, and this is the testimony we shared the day that he was baptized. He says, I did not grow up in a church, but through some friends, uh, I got involved in a Presbyterian church when I was in high school. He says, after school, I joined the United States Marine Corps. Whenever I got home from boot camp, they suggested that I get baptized because it was pretty obvious that I was going to be deployed into a war zone. And so I did, and I really uh, was not involved in church after that for the next 12 years, just living life as I please. He says, ever since then, I just felt a huge void in my life, like something was missing. But I've been attending New Beginnings for about two years on and off. My family loves the church. But beyond that, I've just felt very welcomed and comfortable in this community, talking about New Beginnings. For someone that's not normally comfortable in their own skin, that's a very big thing for me personally. And through this, I've reaffirmed my faith in Christ, or affirmed my faith in the church, and I was saved a few months ago. And shortly after his salvation, we were able to see Tyson step into baptistry and get baptized, declaring Jesus as his Lord. That's an incredible story. I'm going to tell you about 
Uh, Adriana, Adriana came to our church a couple of years ago um, through a tragedy. Her, her, one of her children died uh, suddenly, and no church family, no church home. And, and through that experience, uh, she was looking for a place that would uh, host the funeral. And after going to a couple of churches who wouldn't have the funeral because they weren't members of the church, uh, New Beginnings opened the doors, and our staff and several people in our church, our, our, some of our ministers, just rallied around this family and uh, cared for them. And, and from that kind experience uh, with our church family, um, she and, and her rest of her family began to come be a part of New Beginnings. I want you to hear what she says. And she says, in August the 3rd, 2015, my life changed when I lost my daughter. That's when I found New Beginnings. I was struggling and questioning why God would take my daughter from me like this. I asked every day, but I kept attending New Beginnings. And I could feel myself getting closer to Jesus and slowly learning how to cope with my situation. I talked to God during a service on February the 3rd, 2019, and I gave my life to Christ. And we were able to baptize her as well. What an incredible story. I'm going to tell you about Claire. Uh, Claire was baptized just a few weeks ago, and this was the story we shared with you. She says, I was raised uh, in the church, both Catholic and Protestant. I knew all the cookie-cutter answers of faith. My parents were both youth ministers. I went to almost every church in the area, and I couldn't find people that practiced the gospel. I'm a chemistry student. I work with things too small for the eye to see, but that, all, but that all work in unison together. I knew I believed in something, but I didn't know what that higher power controlling everything was. I asked, how could a kind, benevolent God allow things like abuse that I endured at the hand of my biological dad happen to me? The nightmares where I am ripped away from my family, the chronic depression and anxiety that I deal with to this day, or the self-hatred or harming I struggle with, the lies and the starvation and other things that I went through. I asked my friend these questions and his ability to withstand my doubts and to answer me, praying for me and with me and giving me books to read to answer my questions at a deeper level than just the surface is what got me to walk inside the church again for the very first time. And then listening a couple of months ago to the sermon on God's love, it brought me to accept Jesus as my Savior. And singing the song, Good, Good Father, brought me to my knees, and I cried, and I knew that's what I needed, I, and, and, I, and that God allowed everything in my life to happen for a reason. He used it to bring her to him. How incredible is that? You can put your hands together for that. I interrupted your applause. <laughs> Lives are being changed. Lives are being transformed, and I want to I want to share with you just another story. An entire family uh, engaged in our church. This has happened a couple of times. We were able to capture just a brief snippet of the testimony on video. Uh, but a, a family uh, came to our church, uh, the Spear family, uh, this past year. And um, the entire family since coming to New Beginnings, the entire kids, mom, dad, and everybody came to faith in Christ and went public with their faith in baptism. And I just want you to hear briefly just a little bit about their story. Chelsea, we're the Spears family. We have six kids, Sean, Ronnie, Aubrey, Oliver, Hudson, and Conley. I was struggling. Uh, we do co-parenting, so I was having a hard time with just anger and frustration, and I was just, 
I just, I didn't know how to deal with it. And um, we had a friend told us, well, you should just come to church. She actually invited me to discerning the voice of God, the women's Bible study that was in January. And we jumped right in. We got Sean, our oldest, we signed him up for United, which was like just a couple weeks after we started coming. And he went, he jumped right in. And then um, we started uh, going to the Pate Dorset Life Group. We were in life group, and it was when Connor was going over, um, you know, God, he sees you right where you are, just how you are. And um, that had kind of started, you know, something in me. I was kind of this stirring. And uh, Ryan had said, uh, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And that um, that just kind of drove it home. Like, um, I'm pretty sure I went home and I told Michael, and that's probably when he told me he was never going to get baptized. But... <laughs> But that, that didn't happen either. We met with Ben one evening after I'd gotten home from work. And we, we had to tell him our story. It's a story that I never really enjoyed telling. I didn't enjoy telling it to her. And um, it was something I ran from for a long time. And I just tried to hide. And it was, to me, they were wounds. And Ben, he, he made it known that that scars are your story, and, and that God's gonna forgive you no matter what you did, as long as you're willing, to, you know, take him into take him into your heart, and let him take charge, and just let it go, just let everything go, and He'll take care of it. And that was uh, that was by far the the greatest moment of my life. Just like it's like everything opened up, and I it just the weight was lifted and. I just kind of felt free from it all after that. Two days later, I think we were talking about getting baptized, like just like that. One day he was against it, and the next day he's not. And our life group is a big, is a big part of our life. Um, we recently had, you know, some more struggles with our co-parenting, and the, like one of the first things we do is we call uh, Ryan and Shanna Pate, and they just they're just there to listen which is so fantastic and you know they're not going to judge you for what what's going on and they're just so helpful and they pray over you and um, our our life group has just been so amazing we have you know six kids, six kids. <laughs> we're we're on the go all the time we don't really have a lot of time but um, being in life group you know we have friends now we have a family like coming to this church is just it's like coming home it's amazing. We walked through the door and we decided, hey, we're going to do this, and it has changed everything for us. How great is that? And, uh, and, and that really it gives a good transition into where we're going to be the next few moments of celebration. Is um, You notice on the story is they came to church, came to faith, but got connected through a life group. That's where New Beginnings really became a home for them. And so we as a church, we, we want to move out of the big room and rather just in gathering and worship, we want to grow through community. We want to share life with other people. And so we really truly challenge you to be uncomfortable just sitting in here um, and, and really are honest by saying you, you will never know who New Beginnings is to the fullest extent until you get out of the big room and get in a small room and begin to share life in the context of community. And our life group ministry is growing and thriving. We are, uh, this last year, we've seen a growth of 18%. 
181 new people on average are connected with Life Group than the previous year. And that's a reason to celebrate this morning um, because that ministry is, is really where we're seeing lives transformed. And, and uh, part of that is, is seeing people coming to our church that are brand new, getting connected in a group, and through that group ministry, growing and, and then raising up leaders who then can go out and make connections with other people and do it all over again. So we really believe not just in coming and to big church, but then we want to get you into the smaller room. But from that smaller room, we're hoping that God raises up leaders. And that's really how Life Group Group works, and I want to invite uh, a family, a couple of families, up on stage. I'm going to ask the Macklemores and uh, the Craigs if you would, guys, come make your way up. You guys, give them a hand uh, if they make their way up. They're a part of a very special life group. Uh, it's the Macklemore Smith group. Uh, Keith and Jeannie, uh, right here. Y'all kind of wave. You're at the end here, and uh, we're we're excited. They co-lead a, a life group um, with uh, uh, the the Smiths. Uh, uh, Wayne and Michelle Smith, and it's just making a massive difference. We also uh, have uh, the Craigs here. We have Madison, who also serves on staff with us in our kids ministry area, and then Justin Craig, who's also uh, one of our, our leaders uh, here, and uh, just incredible the way we're seeing God use life groups. And I wanted to kind of just share with uh, y'all their story of how God has used the life group and the leadership of, of, of Keith and Jeannie in um, the, the Craigs' lives. So tell me about um, how Life Group has just helped you guys. Coming in, young couple, kind of getting your life started together. How has it helped you get connected to New Beginnings? Well, I think that um, we came from a church in West Texas that it was a great church. It had a lot of things going for it. Um, it had something similar to the Institute. It had, you know, outreach opportunities, but everything was large group, which, made, which meant that it was easy to hide. Um, you could go to the services. You could just kind of sit in the back and then, you know, get up and leave and Peace out until the next week. <laughs> um, but when we came to New Beginnings, it was maybe a week after we had moved. Um, we visited the Macklemore Smith group. <clears throat> and then I think for maybe a month after that, we were just, we were out of town and we didn't um, get to go back. But Jeannie and Michelle kept texting and kept texting. And we were like, what are they doing? We've met them one time. <laughs> um, but that's when we realized, like, they have an interest in us, you know, and so I think for us, life groups has been the game changer um, because it, I mean, it definitely it's made connections that we would have never made just in corporate worship. Um, it's, and it's been um, awesome to see us connect, not just within the walls of the church, but out on mission and um, just in little social outings and stuff. And so it became not just a group that met weekly, but a family and a part of our lives. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, and you guys, you, you see this benefit. So tell us a little bit about the benefit you're seeing as you connect people with people within your group. Well, you know, this is kind of special for me and Jeannie because uh, we were actually young married couples when we started here 25 years ago in a young marriage class. And we moved to Longview and uh, we didn't have any friends. You know, and that's basically what we, uh, reason why we started coming, uh, you know, was the friendships. And uh, to see these couples, you know, now we're on the other end of it and see these couples actually make lifetime, lifetime uh, friendships just like we did, you know, it's just very special to us. And so you, you guys, you know, you get in, you, you find this, this connection, and you all really have a heart for connecting people with people, but, but there's more than just relationships. How has being in a life group uh, stretched y'all spiritually as you've, you've engaged and have done life with these, these couples? 
Well, as Madison made mention, uh, you can't hide. And so this idea of uh, coming together and being able to have discussion uh, and go in depth uh, into the sermon or whatever the series that we're talking about. Uh, additionally, you're able to have accountability with each other because the relationships that you're forming, um, you understand that with Life Group, this idea is we're all going through life together. We're all going through the same circumstance. We all struggle with the same thing. Hmm. And so actually having an opportunity to sit down and talk about that with other people, uh, you understand that you can have comfort knowing that those other people have either been through that or are going through that or maybe go through that in the future. And so you're able to have that true sit-down moment uh, and comfort of knowledge and, and be able to work through those things and have accountability, and it's, it's a great thing. So, so and, and I think that's kind of the, the heartbeat behind a, a lot of this, and, and the reason it's so personal for you guys. Tell me a little bit why, you know, this is not just something, you don't just lead this group, but it's very near and dear to your heart to see couples experience these things that, that Justin's talking about. Tell me why. Well, like he said, when we came to New Beginnings, we were 23, 24 years old, and we had couples that poured into us, older couples that, that led our Sunday school back then, um, but they discipled us. They helped grow us into who we are. And so because of that, we wanted to do the same and pass that on to others. We wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for those people that discipled us. That's right. um, we got into min youth ministry, and we were in youth ministry for years. Um, but it gave us the confidence and the courage to grow in Christ and to become a servant for him. And that's what we want to be able to pass on to them where they can step out in confidence and lead as well. Yeah, and I, and I want you to kind of, I want Keith elaborate on this for a second. You know, she's talking about, you know, y'all were poured into and now you want to, you know, pour in and raising up leaders. So tell us what the end goal is for Life Group for you guys. Well, you know, when we first started the Life Group, I guess we've been doing it three years now. And, it, you know, it was something very new and very different to us to do this. It was kind of odd the very first year whenever it was over, you know, a lot of the life group, they started new life groups. And me and Jeannie was like, well, we just got here and y'all are leaving. <laughs> but now we get it. You know, we, we understand, you know, it's about creating disciples. You know, we have people, uh, we have young married couples that are working in the youth and college ministries and the nurseries and, you know, and actually starting their own life groups, you know, and so it's just a neat opportunity to see them develop and you know and uh it's just a neat opportunity to see them well and i think that's the the, the heartbeat and what you guys are doing seeing groups being multiplied out of your group i mean that's the heartbeat it's to see uh, couples come in grow in christ to the point of which where then the the impact you're making in their life they're able to go and make in others lives and that's kind of really y'all's story uh, because you're not in the Macklemore Smith group anymore. I think that the way they said it the other day was y'all abandoned them. But um, I think they, it was more or less they kicked y'all out. I think that's how it was. Um, what was the phrase? You can't come back. You've got to go lead. Is that what it was? Um, so tell us about how the Lord has opened up new opportunities for you to kind of step out of a comfort area into new areas of ministry. Tell me what the Lord's doing today. Um, so... It, it was great that we started with Keith and Jeannie and, you know, and Michelle because they set such a good example and a firm foundation of what you're supposed to do um, coming out of a group. Um, we have been able to um, step into other roles within the church. Um, I started just serving in the kids' ministry um, on, a, like, a biweekly or weekly basis, um, which eventually evolved into me coming uh, on to the staff. And... Um, 
it has been sad, of course, <laughs> um, despite what they may say, <laughs> um, leaving, but it has been such a joy to see that um, the, I guess, the fire that God has placed in our hearts for the people in the church, and I feel really that it stemmed from um, connecting in a small group way and then seeing um, the need in other parts of the church as well. And so, like, I mean, even though we've left, we haven't left, we have built lifelong relationships um, with uh, uh, the Macklemores and with the Smiths and with everyone else in our group um, that will never end. Uh, we get to see um, what it really truly means to be a, a godly husband and a godly wife in both the Macklemores and, and in the Smiths. And so that has challenged us because we want the same thing in our relationship. We want to, to mirror what they presented to us. Um, uh, additionally, we've seen the way that they've raised up their, their, their kids. And so whenever we have kids, we want to, to rear them up the same, uh, the same manner. And so for me, it's been challenging because whenever we first came into the group, like I was not where I needed to be spiritually. I was not the husband that I needed to be. I was not spiritually leading our household. And so as the months went on, like it was uh, a sense of accountability for me. And it was a, a challenge for me to push forward and make sure that I was being intentional with my walk and being intentional with being the spiritual head of my household. Uh, and from there, uh, it led me to, to discover what it truly meant to be a servant. And so uh, going to uh, mission trips and going to Africa, like it's changed my life. Uh, and it got me to the point where I've been called into ministry. And so um, seeing the challenge that has been set forward on the base level to see where it's brought me at now, I can only look forward to the future to see what else God has planned. That's awesome. That's awesome. Listen, put your hands together and thank the Lord for what he's doing. You guys, thank y'all so much for sharing. And this is what it's all about. It's raising up leaders. And you know, Justin's become uh, one of our just servants that just leads in, in a number of ways. Going to seminary, he's a law enforcement officer, and just utilizing every free moment that he has to invest in the ministry here uh, at the church. And I'm um, just thankful for what God is doing through our group's ministry. But it doesn't stop with community. So we want to gather and worship. We want to grow through community. We also want to go on mission. And I'm going to celebrate some things with you this morning about how God is using you as the church on the mission field. I, I don't know if you've heard us talk about this, but there's really three ways that we break down what it means to live on mission. We talk about on the campus, that's serving and serving on mission uh, here on this campus, serving one another. Then we talk about in the city and we talk about around the world. And God is using you go, going on mission in all three of those areas. Let me tell you uh, something that, that we've been so blessed by as a staff. You know, doing what we do every single week requires a lot of volunteers. A lot of volunteers. Between the two campuses, a lot of volunteers. And did you know that, that every single week there are more than 200 volunteers that serve every single week between our two campuses every Sunday, making ministry happen here at New Beginnings? That means that, that this year there will be over 15,000 um, hours served on mission just on Sunday mornings here at the ministries of, of New Beginnings. Um, and so I just want to say something to all the volunteers. I want to celebrate you. If you're here this morning and you are one of our volunteers that serve on the campus, whether it's parking lot, greeters, life group leaders, missions, liaisons, preschool children, college ministry, wherever it might be, and even maybe some area, music, uh, um, um, behind the scenes in our tech crew, some of them are in 
the uh, hiding in their closet there with headsets on and helping things happen uh, so we can't see them. But if you're a volunteer, I'm going to get you to stand to your feet right now and let us honor you and thank you for your service and what you do and what you mean to our church. Everybody stand up if you're a volunteer. Look around this room. Thank you so much. We are so grateful for you and uh, what you do matters. In fact, we were trying to think of how can we really find out the impact that you're making in the life of people in our church. And so um, we decided to do something this past week. Have you ever watched the show Undercover uh, Boss? Anybody watch the show Undercover Boss where you kind of do... Um, and you get with people that are kind of just in the trenches, who are in the know, and, and they're able to give you kind of a pulse on what's happening in the organization. Well, this week I decided that I was going to be undercover pastor. And, um, and I went to the, 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 the ones in our church, the people in our church that give you the most honest feedback uh, in regards to how we're doing in the area of our volunteers. And I want you to watch this video and see what we discovered as I went undercover. I don't know who Pastor Todd is. Why would you think that I'm a reporter and I came to do a story on the church? Nice disguise, Pastor Todd. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you love most about New Beginnings? Because the teachers are nice. Because the teachers are nice. Hmm. What about you? Um, I like that we get to learn about Jesus. We get to learn about Jesus. That's a great thing to love about the church. How many volunteers do you think, when you think about everybody in the church, how many volunteers do you think we need every single week? What? How many? Two. In the classes. I'm talking about all the volunteers in all of the church all the time. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Huh? 100 volunteers. 199. Are you really going to count all of them? <laughs> About 20. About 20. 60. 60. All right, I think. 199. It's about 200 every single Sunday that volunteers. Did you know that? Recording. They're recording people. You think they're recording? How many people are they recording? You. Recording me? No, they're recording singers. They're recording singers? Oh. All right, oh. How important do you think it is on Sundays to have people singing at church? So we can worship the God. So you can worship the God. Instead of just preaching, we can have the God. Or just singing. Instead of just singing, we can have Not in a room. <laughs> Not in a room. <laughs> have you ever seen somebody in the parking lot? With this outfit. Yes, 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 yes. Leading the cars. Leading the cars. That's right. Um, telling them which way to go so they don't, so they don't get in the car wreck. Who wants to put it on? All right. Now listen. All right, you ready? If you were in the parking lot, tell me what you would do. Show me what you would do. You would do like that? Would that be a fun I'll job? I'll show you how to do yeah. it. You go that way. You go that way. There's a parking spot right there. There's a parking spot right there. Go down, go down, go 
going to show you another picture. Tell me what, if you've seen these people and what you think they're doing. They're uh, opening you. doors for what? First time guest here, and you had someone helping you in, how grateful would you be? Out of all of the things that you could do in the church to serve at our service, which would you prefer to do? What would be your favorite choice? Guarding cars. Guarding cars? Yeah. The camera? Okay. Sword fighting cars! Sword fighting cars. How crazy do you think you drive your volunteer in kids' ministry? Zero crazy? A hundred thousand crazy. A hundred thousand crazy. Thank, Thank you for serving. You want an honest answer, just go to that classroom and talk to those kids. I promise you. Listen, not only do we serve on the campus, we serve in the city. We have an unbelievable impact I believe we're making in the community. One of the questions we asked years ago as we began to think about the vision of New Beginnings, the question was, if New Beginnings was to shut our doors today, would the city of Longview or the city, whatever city we are in, would the city that we're in feel the loss of our church? And so we began to really ask ourselves that question and uh, we wanted to create an environment here to where we are so involved with the city and so involved impacting people's lives day-to-day -day basis through our community that uh, if we wanted to shut the doors, the church, the city wouldn't let us. Let me tell you some things that God is doing uh, in our in-the-city efforts. $13,000 this year was invested through our benevolence ministry. These are individuals coming to the church who are in desperate need of having certain bills paid, uh, groceries for their home, uh, various issues that they're facing medically. We've invested 13,000 people uh, and $13,000 in people in our community. And through that, eight people came to Saving Faith in Jesus Christ through our benevolence ministry this year. Our Be the Church effort, we wanted to mobilize our people into the city. I want to celebrate with you. You've heard this number before. We can celebrate it again. On Be the Church Sunday, we mobilize uh, 1,712 people to serve hundreds and thousands of people in the city of Longview um, this past uh, fall. Uh, our In the City initiative, listen, this is incredible. Uh, we have served, our In the City initiative is basically our life group ministries that are choosing uh, projects in our community. We had targeted four areas of need and our, our life groups are, are being mobilized on a weekly and monthly basis to meet uh, various needs. Uh, this year, so far, we have seen 10,000 man hours invested in serving the city uh, of Longview. How incredible is that? 10,000 hours served in the community. One of the things that I'm, I'm overwhelmed with is, is the need uh, of our community in regards to uh, orphan and foster care. Uh, orphan and, and foster care. Our, our um, community and, and really our state uh, is, is overwhelmed with the number of children who are needing a forever home. In fact, let me just give you some statistics here. It just tells you the need that, that's here. Uh, in the state of Texas alone, there are 34,161 children in foster care today. Um, in the state of Texas, there are 7,788 children who need to be adopted right now, who are ready to be adopted if they just had a home to be adopted into. Uh, just in the city of Longview, just in the city of Longview, the, the, the Buckner office 
um, that really serves uh, quite a few of those who are in need of adoption. There are 452 children right now in the Longview region that are in waiting for a forever home. This need is overwhelming. But here's one of the things that I've been so humbled by as a pastor the last several years is to see the way that the New, the New Beginnings family is responding to this need. And this, this response to this need is not because of some challenge that I've made as a pastor or some movement we've started as a, as a staff, but rather the, the things that are happening in, in, in the, the community in regards to New Beginnings participation with fostering and adoption is coming organically. It's coming from you. Our staff are basically finding a ways that we can respond to what you're already doing. And uh, one of the things that we've done this past year, and we'll do again, I want to share with you uh, this morning, is we are hosting uh, the Buckner uh, Christmas Party for foster families. And I've invited two special people to our church. These girls are servants in our church um, who are leading the way and helping our church become effective in caring for um, those children who need to be adopted and those children who are in foster care and caring for the families who are in the process. So I want to welcome to the stage Lacey Eaton and uh, Julie Fisher. You guys put your hands together and welcome these ladies to the stage. We are so, so grateful for both of you and the leadership you provide to our church and uh, meeting this, this need. And I just want to just kind of get you both to share just briefly uh, tell us about your heart for adoption and foster care. What, what is it that's stirring in you that causes you to lead in this way? Well, um, when I was about 12 years old, my stepdad actually adopted me. And I just remember at that point feeling like um, it was presented, the gospel was presented to me so clearly through that. And the Lord started my heart, um, specifically international adoption at about the age of 12. And my husband and I are currently in the process of adopting from Haiti. So it just has sort of always been a part of our story. That's awesome. What about you? Yeah, and I will say it's been a blessing for my family just to get to walk through the adoption process with the Eatons and pray for them along the way. But specifically, I just feel that it's a calling. I think the Lord has called us to serve orphans and widows in distress and so um i think i'm just called to to serve and love on orphans specifically in our community and and really just be the hands and feet of jesus and, and so part of this is you guys have partnered with bugner and really have, have have led the way for new beginnings participation at the level we're in now uh, tell us, you know, a little bit about the, the, the Christmas party you put together and what the, the biggest blessing is for you as you, you help lead this, uh, this great ministry opportunity for our community. Um, the, the Christmas party is for the foster families of Buckner. It's their, one of their biggest parties, events of the year, and they, uh, we're just so thankful they've trusted us to do that for them. It's a big undertaking, but it's been great. But the biggest blessing that I've seen is how our church has just stepped up in wanted to serve, wanted to volunteer, offered so much time and resources last year. Um, we actually had a point where we thought we have too many volunteers and we have not enough tags uh, for the church to, to give gifts for these kids. We need to make more tags. We need to find more kids to give gifts to. So that was the biggest blessing to me, just seeing how our church just wants to give and serve. What about you? Yeah, and I would agree that the biggest blessing has been the generosity of, of new beginnings. And there were so many times when Lacey and I looked at each other and we thought, oh, my goodness, how, how are we going to pull this off? You know, or they would add more tags or families were added at the last second. And um, God provided above every need 
that was asked of us, and it's because of the generosity of our church. And that's awesome. What kind of impact does this have on foster families? Fostering is not an, an easy thing. It's a calling that God places on families. Um, but what kind of impact does this type of event have on foster families and the kids that are in their care? Yeah, I, I don't know that I can necessarily speak on behalf of them, but I do know they provide feedback to Buckner once any event that they do is over, and it was overwhelmingly positive. And I know specifically our life group prayed over every name before this event, and we prayed that these, these families would feel refreshed, that they would come to New Beginnings and just feel loved on for the evening. And, um, and that's a lot of what the feedback was. They said they felt like they um, kind of got a break that evening. And, and also, obviously, it was a financial burden was lifted for a lot of these families because of the gifts that are provided for their foster and their bio kids. Awesome. And, and in regards to, I know you were, uh, Lacey, in the office when we're, we're, we're talking through this, Mention just how overwhelmed you are with the families of New Beginnings, just seeing them on the front line. Tell me what, what you've seen in the heart of our church family um, and the families that, that are in the trenches of adoption and, and, and foster care. Yeah, um, <clears throat> adoption and foster care is just, it's so, it's so important to me. It's just something I feel very strongly about. And, um, you know, I think we sort of, it was kind of interesting the way this all happened because uh, before our church started in, in the city initiative, um, I had actually met with a patient at work who was a foster parent, and uh, we were kind of talking through some of her needs, and she was talking about how she needed respite care for her kids, and it was hard to find. And so um, the Lord kind of just stirred that in my heart, like, how can we get involved? We were sort of looking for a mission project for our life group, and so uh, we, our life group talked about it, and we decided we would all get certified to provide some sort of respite care. And a couple of months later, in the city rolled out, and uh, we were family care so it was neat how the lord had already put that on our hearts and had kind of started that process before the church even started in the city and then once we we started um in the city we got to partner with buckner and we have so many families in our churches who are involved in foster and adoption and i it, it i just love it i love it so much so it's been really neat to be able to serve them as well as the other families of buckner we are grateful for your leadership, and, and it has been overwhelming as your pastor just to see not only how God has, has stirred your hearts, but then he's gifted you both uniquely just to lead and, and, and to be a front runner for us, and, and we're grateful for you. They, we are hosting this event again next Sunday. There will be trees available for you to get the, the ornaments with the tags of the names of the, of the children um, um, that we'll be buying gifts for again this year. And so next Sunday, I want you to come prepared uh, to, to choose a name and then so that you and your family can get involved. I know our family was involved last year. It was a blessing to us to be able to go shop for the gift and, and to, to know that this is going to a child that, uh, that is in, in need and to be able to get in the, involved with it in this capacity. And then we're going to be hosting the event on, on Friday, December uh, the 13th. Uh, here again. And so if you have uh, an interest in getting involved with this night of, of just Christmas celebration for these foster families, um, we want to encourage you to contact the church office and we'll make sure that you get um, connected with the right person for you to volunteer um, for that great night as we just support and care for the needs of our community. But also, if you have uh, questions about how you can get involved with foster care or adoption, uh, Buckner is here this morning and they have a booth set up in the lobby. And so I want to encourage you when you leave today,
today. Go by that booth. Ask questions. Get information. It might be just learning how you can pray for uh, Buckner and what they're doing in our community, but it might be that you have questions about how your family can get involved with foster care and adoption, and we would love for you to take advantage of that opportunity while uh, they're here. You guys put your hands together and thank uh, Julie and Lacey for this morning. Listen, I know there was a number of families in our church that are on the front lines in foster care and adoption, and so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're here this morning and you have adopted um, or fo- have fostered, um, or in the process of adoption and foster care, I want to do, you did me a favor, this is Adoption uh, uh, and, and Orphan Awareness Month, and so we want to honor you and acknowledge you and pray for you this morning. So if that is you, if you would just stand to your feet and let us acknowledge, honor, and then pray for you. So stand to your feet if you would. If you have, have uh, adopted in the process, thank, all over this room, yes, thank you. Stand, keep, remain standing if you don't mind. Remain standing. Remain standing. I want to I ask you, let's just do something. I want to pray aloud. If you're near someone just, uh, who's standing, just kind of stretch your hands toward them. I want to pray for these families. Thank God for them and ask God to continue to use them as he's done um, to meet, meet this unbelievable need in our community. Father, we love you. We thank you for these families that are standing. We celebrate the great things you have done in their family and in their lives, God, and what you will do in the future. Father, for those who have adopted or those who are fostering, God, give them strength. God, continue to show them the joy of what you've called them to. And then for those in the process, God, I pray that you will point them the right direction to the right uh, locations, the right child, that even now as a match is being anticipated, that you will just uh, give them the endurance, provide every need, and then just let them rest in knowing, Lord, that, that, uh, that you are going to bring the child into their family that uh, you have chosen for them. And God, we thank you. Give them strength and courage as they continue to walk in obedience to this calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put your hands together one more time and thank the Lord for these families. Listen, not only do we, uh, we want to serve on the campus in the city, we want to go around the world. This year has been a sending year for New Beginnings. We've sent a number of people from our church family. We sent the Adamsons to Las Vegas to go plant a church that we're going to partner with. In our 2020 uh, budget, we have budgeted financial uh, support for this work that's being done in Las Vegas um, with the Adamson family. We've also, uh, we've also been able to send away some staff members, um, and uh, two of them, Chris Wigley and John Roach, have gone to what we would call uh, revitalization churches, churches that have been in decline. Um, for a number of years who need to be revitalized. And here's what we've seen um, in, uh, through, through uh, Pastor Chris's ministry there in Trinity and Mount Pleasant. Uh, their worship attendance has almost doubled in the past uh, nine or ten months. And God is using him in an incredible way. And, uh, and through Pastor John and his family there in Caddo Mills and this revitalization, uh, they have more than doubled uh, their attendance there. And uh, God is using them in an incredible way. And I just wanted to give you a little snippet of a video that we ca- I called Pastor John this week. I said, tell me what God's doing. I want to celebrate this. And he said, you know what, I'm going to send you a little video just to say thank you to the church. So I want you to see just a message from Pastor John to the New Beginnings family. Hello there, New Beginnings family. Pastor John, all the way from Caddo Mills, Texas. Uh, Wanting to reach out and let you know some cool things that God is doing in and through our family 
uh, here at Paradise Baptist Church. Uh, since July, we have had 17 baptisms. Uh, when we started back in March, um, the Sunday before we came, we had about 60 people, and now we are averaging uh, about 145-ish. Uh, we are having conversations about starting our second service. We've launched five new life groups uh, in which uh, about 70 adults are uh, committed and participating in. And we, just a few weeks ago, hired our uh, first youth minister in, uh, in over five years. So we are excited about what God is doing. And I just want to let you know that you play a huge part in, in what we do. A lot of the things that we do, we do it because we've learned it at New Beginnings. We do it because you pray for us, you support us. You are a huge influence in what God is doing here in Caddo Mills. Know that we love you, we miss you, uh, and hope to see you very, very soon. Continue to pray for us. We need your support, uh, but God is using us. Thank you for sending us to this opportunity. We love you. Uh, hope to see you soon. Isn't that great? Man, it fires me up. Listen, mobilizing people is something that we believe in. This year, 185 people went on mission from New Beginnings outside the city of Longview into the mission field, whether it's the state of Texas or in our nation or around the world. Uh, we saw over 400 people come to faith in Christ through our mission mobilization. 400 people move from death to life in Jesus' name. How great is that? We've seen this. And here's the thing. When we say 4,000, you hear a lot of 400, you see a lot of people come and they'll go, man, we had 16,000 people give their life to Jesus. When we, we count on the mission trips, we don't just count people who raise their hands. These are individuals that we have had conversations with, who've made professions of faith, and who have now been connected to a church or a church plant that we are uh, partnering with. So these are men and women who have been not just saved, but they are being made into disciples of Jesus uh, Christ. We've planted four churches this year, three new church constructions. And let me just celebrate this with you. I was fired up this week. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about our desire to go into the Congo, which is a very unreached area, a very dangerous area. And I said, we've been praying on building some relationships and going into the Congo so that we can begin to work there. Um, and I didn't realize it that two weeks after I made that announcement that this is what we were thinking through and working through and praying toward, that a team was sent in from our Rwandan team with the Roots Network. And we have planted our first church in the Congo, which is unbelievable. We've, we've been able to serve this year uh, on medical uh, as we go and we, we treat people different uh, cities and in different parts of the world with medical treatment. 3,000 people received medical care from the Ministry of, of New Beginnings and our partnership with the Roots Network and Mission Amazon. Um, we, we were able to, to provide medical care for one year for 150 different people um, in Burundi. 150 people received medical uh, insurance for a year so they can get medical care. Uh, unbelievable. And we were able to fund a number of water wells with more being funded and dug on the way. Let me just tell you about one of those water wells. In 2017, I went into a region. Uh, I was actually leading a team with the Roots Network, and we went to an area in Rwanda, and um, there was just a very little water well there with this little trickle of water and, and no way to service the need there. There was over 6,000 people in that area, and uh, the, there was only about a gallon of water that they could get uh, or so a day in this region. And uh, with 6,000 people, 
Um, and so we just said, look, we need to, we want to fund this. And it turned out to where on that trip we were able to discover what it would cost to actually put a well into that location. Uh, New Beginnings funded that. And I want you to watch a video that just tells you a little bit about the story behind the well and what it means to the people in that region. Butare is a city of 89,600 people in the southern province of Rwanda, three hours south of Kigali. The Roots Network is making a difference in the region as they make disciples of Jesus Christ in places where others seldom go. Their vision is to see lives, communities, and cultures rooted in the love of Christ and transformed by the gospel. Sometimes, transformation happens in the form of clean water. The Roots Network revitalized the water well built in the community 36 years ago. This work is important because this year's dry season, which lasts from May to September, was especially harsh. There was no water in the area except for water flowing from the well. Because of the vision of the Roots Network, thousands of people were able to go to the well and have access to clean, safe drinking water. When you give to New Beginnings, you are supporting mission work across East Africa, such as the provision of clean water to thousands. The gospel provides living water with an eternal impact. In Matthew 28, Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. Taking the gospel to others is not a suggestion, it is a commandment. And so we are grateful for our partnership with the Roots Network as we work together to see lives, communities, and cultures rooted in the love of Christ and transformed by the gospel. And put your hands together. We got to thank Jesus for that. Unbelievable. God is using you to make a difference all over the world. Let me just give you one other category here, give to the kingdom. I wanna tell you one of the things I'm proud of is the growing generosity of our people. 185 people this year decided for the first time they're gonna to begin to give to New Beginnings and to support the ministry here that's allowing all of these great things that we're celebrating to happen. Our average gift is up 13.2% per person and overall giving this year is up 12% over last year. We were gonna stretch ourselves this year and uh, we're on pace if we'll be faithful to the end We'll all be faithful to the end. Uh, we're not only we're going to make budget, we're going to exceed our budget. So we need everybody to participate. Yeah, you can put your hands together and thank the Lord for generosity. Now, and we, we, we want to see in the next year, we want to see more and more ministry happen. And it requires us to give to the kingdom in order for it to happen. Uh, next, uh, in January, we're going to launch a third service here on our Spring Hill campus. Uh, before the, the fall gets here, we're going to launch not only um, a Spanish-speaking life groups here, because we want to reach the Spanish-speaking community here. We're going to provide ways for our Spanish-speaking community to engage in our worship services. We are, this year, we are going to be laying the groundwork for starting another campus here in the East Texas area. In addition to this, we want to uh, begin uh, in, the, in January, we're going to be bringing this to you over the next few weeks, uh, starting a building campaign that's going to allow our student ministry to have space to continue to grow and to reach teenagers uh, for the, the kingdom of God here. And so as we, there are a lot of needs coming, a lot of opportunities before us in 2020, but it requires all of us to be in. One of the things that we're laying the groundwork for right now is a crisis pregnancy center. 
um, here in the city of Longview that will care for those who find themselves in, in a situation where they don't know what options they have. And we want to provide an option other than abortion to those in our community and let them know that there is love and mercy found in Jesus and the body of Christ will care for them. These are things that we're dreaming about, we're preparing for, we're working toward um, in 2020. And so I want to challenge every single one of us in this room as we've celebrated all that God has done, this give to the kingdom is crucial. It is crucial for us to advance the kingdom of God, to do the things that we're seeing uh, God calling us to do. And here's a couple of statistics that are not so celebration worthy, all right? 80% of the budget at New Beginnings Baptist Church is carried by 300 families. 80% of the budget. We have about... Um, somewhere around two to 3,000 families a part of New Beginnings Baptist Church, and 80% of the budget is carried by 300 families, which means that 80% of our budget is carried by less than 8% of our, of our covenant members, our, our families that would call New Beginnings home. That, that, that means that, listen to this, here's a statistic, only 20% of our covenant members actually give to the ministry at New Beginnings. Only 20% of those who have, have linked up and said, I want to be a covenant member of New Beginnings, actually give to help all of the ministry that we so love and appreciate move forward. And listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge every single one of you. If you, you've witnessed what God does when we live generously and we live on mission, that lives are changed, eternity is shaped, the gospel goes forward, and we see men and women go from death to life. And listen, we get to participate. Every single one of us have been given a calling to be a part of this, but part of that calling to be a part of this is giving to make it possible. This is only possible as we live obediently and respond to the generosity of God, which is what we've been talking about the past few weeks, amen? is that we want to live as, as gospel-motivated, generous people, that we would see the cross of Christ and what Jesus has done for us as the great reason that we would get in the fight and get in the game and live generously for the kingdom of God. I'm going to give you a couple of ways that you can do this. I'm going to give you just kind of some highlights. You don't have to take notes. You don't have to turn there. This will be on the screen. I'm just going to read to you a couple of thoughts and, and give you a couple of things that you can do. If you want to get in the fight, you say, I don't know that I've been faithful in this area, but I want to be. Here's a couple of things for you to, to think about. The first is this. I'm going to encourage you to give completely. If you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, Paul says this about the Macedonian generosity. He says, and this is not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. That living generously begins with a heart that surrendered to Jesus as Lord. The scripture says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So your money will follow wherever your heart is located. And if your heart is not fully surrendered um, to Jesus, listen, Listen, it's going to be evident in every part of your life, but as you begin to surrender to him completely, you will also, as the Macedonians, give as the Lord directs you to give. Amen? Here's number two. Give sacrificially. The whole point Paul has made in two chapters, chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians, is all about living generously. He talks about the Macedonian gift. He says, in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means. In other words, they gave generously. Paul goes on to say in cha chapter 9, verse 6, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Here's the point. Live sacrificially. Give in a way that hurts. Give in a way that says, you know what, I'm going to do without so that I can give and advance the kingdom of God. And here's the last thing that I want you to think about. Give strategically. 
Give strategically. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm going to give you two thoughts on this. The first is this. Determine the portion. No one ever lives generously without, without having some sort of strategy. You don't accidentally become generous. You give generous on purpose, right? So what do you do? You determine the portion. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, Paul says this. Each one must decide in his own heart. In other words, what he's saying is you should seek the Holy Spirit's direction as a follower of Jesus, and whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to give, that's what you ought to give. Determine the portion. You say, where do I start with that? Well, the Bible starts with 10%, that we are to give 10% of our income to the, the kingdom of God. Now, listen, I know for some of you, you're like, listen, that's Old Testament. That's the law. Actually, listen, the 10% portion is pre-law. It was, given, it, was, it was a part of the standard before the law of Moses was even given. Well, here's what we do know. We do know that the new covenant in Jesus does never cause us to give less than the old covenant. In fact, if anything, Jesus raises the bar. And so if you're asking the question, where do you start if you're going to start living generously when you determine the portion, why don't you start where the Bible starts? Start with a tenth. Start with 10%. This is what I call training wheels of generosity. You just start where the Bible starts, and as you begin to learn how to live like this, eventually you take the training wheels off because it's not about the percentage anymore. It's about a life of joy that's overflowing because of what you've seen God do as you've lived generously. So this is the challenge for you. Determine the portion. Here's the second. Develop the plan. Here's what I mean. Make a budget. Determine what you're going to have. Give the portion, and then develop a plan. Set a budget. Begin to give regularly. Make it a priority. Make it the first thing, not the leftovers of your income. Say to yourself, I'm going to, I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to make this commitment, and I'm going to make priorities in my life. Give me the ability to keep the commitment that I'm making. Look, and make it a regular part. One of the ways that my family has really learned to give regularly is by taking advantage of some of the technology today. We, we use push pay. So we're able to allow our gifts to come out regularly um, to the church because we, then we, we don't have to worry about writing the check. We can know in our budget, we prayerfully consider what God would have us give. And then by uh, his leadership, we determine that. And every month it's taken out so that we don't have to skip a month or miss a month or wonder if we're going to have enough to give. We just give it first so that we can give what God's called us to give. The point is this, develop a plan so that you can give faithfully to the mission of God. Now just think about this. Imagine with me, if you would, just for a moment, what would happen? What would happen if our budget doubled? Our budget we're proposing, we're going to vote on in a few minutes, is $4.5 million in, in some change. Imagine if, if we had a $10 million budget as a church. Imagine what God could do. We'd never have to do another building campaign. We would never have to go and, 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 and challenge you to give above and beyond because we would just be have enough to do whatever God called us to do. There would be no campus we couldn't start. There'd be no well we couldn't dig. There would be no number of people we couldn't mobilize. We could do whatever God called us to do if our budget was bigger. You know the great news for us in this room? If New Beginnings families, those of us in this room who call New Beginnings our church, this, their church home, if we only tithed, what is considered the median income per household in Gregg County, which is $47,000 per household. $47,000 per household is what they say the average median income is. If every family that calls New Beginnings Home decided that they were going to be obedient in this area and tithe 10%, our budget would exceed $10 million annually. And so I want to challenge you, if this is an area that you've not grown in, this is an area that you need to grow in, I'm encouraging you and challenging you this morning. Be faithful. 
Be faithful. Decide today in light of the celebration, in light of what God is doing, in light of the great things that God has done. I'm asking you, be faithful in this area. Amen? Listen, I want to pray over us this morning, and uh, we're going to have a two-minute business meeting. And then we will be dismissed. And uh, man, what a great day it's been. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you for all of the great things you have done and are going to do in this place. God, we ask now in the name of Jesus that in the light of all the, 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 the celebration, God, it would motivate us to live generously, to give generously, to be people that make sacrifices so that your work can advance in, Lord, uh, in this city and around the world. So Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for who you are and what you have done. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this message. If you have any questions about anything that you have heard today or would like to know more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, feel free to call our church offices at 903-759-5552 or send us an email at info at nbbctx.org. As for staying up to date with what's going on at New Beginnings, follow us on our social media accounts. Have a great rest of your day.